Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Hey, everyone. This is Britt Lightning from Vixen, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hey, folks. It's Mark Striegel with Talking Metal. And before we get into today's episode with Britt Lightning, we are going to thank the patrons. These are the people that support me on Patreon, some of them $2 a month, some of them much, much higher than that. There's different tiers you can get into, different benefits you get within those tiers. You get a bonus podcast every week for $2 a month. You can do $5 a month, you'll get that bonus podcast, an additional bonus podcast, and a Talking Metal t-shirt. Sometimes I throw up videos and stuff too. When I get to 100 patrons, I will do a bi-weekly, highly produced video show for the people on Patreon, and then it'll, after the fact, go public. So that's what we're going for, guys. 100 patrons. We're at 50 right now. So it's a good start, but we need more. So we're going to thank each and every one of these people right now. If you don't want to hear their names, fast forward. Our newest patron is Kaidio Yogava. And I'm probably saying that wrong. He is our latest person to join us on Patreon. So big, big shout out to you. Please let me know how to pronounce your name. K-A-I-D-O, last name J-O-G-E-V-A. Yogava, possibly. I don't know. (laughs) Adrian Cusick. Dane Damage. Love that rock star name. Madison Hatter, another rock star name. Seth B. Alan Janssen. Hank Reeves from Dash Vodka. That's right, that Hank Reeves. John Simpson. Huckney Jacobson. John Barron. Ed Ferguson. Denny Striegel. Patrick Sabin. Jerry from Salt Lake City. Blue Walsh 21. Victor Guzman. Glenn Watson. Joey Van Cherry. Gene Eugene DX, Sean Richmond, Mario Charance, Andrew Miller, Jeremy Weltman, Chris Riley, Johan Erdestrom, Stephen Rodriguez, Tommy Anderson, Gregory Muse, Kenny McCrimmon, Leo from Alaska, Brad Dahl, Dan Gurwan, 
Jerry from Long Island, Sam, Sam Soupy, excuse me, Drake, Matt Carroll, Joe Ryan, Jason Seth, Stephen Saylor, Ron Keel, Jean-Francois Blah, Man, Anthony Mackey, Jason Bennett, David Gray, Fred Roots, Michael Street, Mike Jones, Steve Hoker, John Bovari. Wow, we got a lot of people. And Metal Dan. Thank you, people. And did I say we're at 50? We're at 51 now. Hell yeah. There we go. 51. One closer. 49 to go. And that's when I give you the bi-weekly, highly produced video show. Can't wait for that. All right. Let's get into the episode with a great guitar player. Her name is Brit Lightning. Guys, thanks for joining us. I do want to say that um, things are crazy behind the scenes. I have a couple, few actually, interviews on my hard drive here. I don't have time to get them all up. I did just give you an episode over the weekend with Corey Glover and Bobby Blitz. Corey Glover of Living Color and like 10 other projects and Bobby Blitz, of course, of Overkill. So if you haven't heard those, check those out. And today, yeah, we're going to just stick with one interview. It is a good one, though. It's Brit Lightning. Spoke with her a couple years back at M3 with the whole band. Now we get to break it down in a solo interview with her. And I, I love this interview. There's a lot of great stuff to hear in this. So definitely check it out and follow her on social media and let her know you heard the interview here on Talking Metal. Brit Lightning of Vixen coming up in just a minute. I wanted to say, hey, you guys are the listeners. You guys are the reason I do this show. It's the platform uh, that I love having, and I've been doing it since 2005, but I'm always looking to change things up and make things better, hear what you guys want. I can't play music anymore. Somebody recently reamed me because I don't play music anymore because the show will get thrown off of iHeart and Spotify. We already were thrown off of Spotify and it took a lot of effort and even some money on my end to get us back on that platform, which has now become a big place for podcasts. So we are available just about everywhere. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. But I don't want to, if, if, if that's your comment, play music, you can keep that comment to yourself. Anything else, I'm looking for feedback, seriously. I want feedback from you guys. Not just now, whenever, on a regular basis. Please feel free to tweet me at Talking Metal. Uh, you can DM me there. You can even send me an email, mark at talkingmetal.com. I want to hear your feedback about this show. We will be getting back to in-person interviews. We've kind of already took a step in that direction with Jordan Rudis of Dream Theater recently, and I can't wait for more in-person stuff coming up. Um, big notice here, I, I do these every single Tuesday. Sometimes we do more, more than Tuesdays. Like I said, I just gave you an episode over the weekend, but there will be a whole week where I have to take off. It's the Father's Day weekend, like which is like June 18th or 19th. I'm moving that weekend and I'm not going to be able to get an episode up that Tuesday, which would be, let me look at the calendar. Tuesday the 22nd, actually, my mom's birthday. Yeah, uh, there will be no episode of Talking Metal that week, and I apologize for that. It's rare that I don't get one up on a Tuesday, but there will be no Talking Metal episode that week. I do still hope to get the bonus 
uh, Patreon only podcast up with with Victor Ruiz. But we'll see. Also, there's an episode of Talking Rock going up. If you don't subscribe to that, check it out on cnjradio.com with Joey Haney. Always great talking with Joey. So a lot of content going out from from me. And I I love bringing you guys the content. And I want to hear what you think of it. Good, bad uh, feedback is welcome. Mark at TalkingMetal.com. On Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, you can DM me or make it public if you want. If it's really nasty, maybe keep it private. <laughs> but there you go. Let's get ready for an interview with Brit Lightning. But first, let's just mention that David Lee Roth has a new song out, Giddy Up. I listened to it a couple of times, man. I like it. You know, it's not like a ice pick in the forehead hard rocker, but there's something really melancholy about it and... and the there was that other song the rainbow over the rainbow bar and grill or something that he released a, a while back a few months back maybe even longer than that and it you know emotionally took me to a similar place i don't know i feel like dave is now looking at things in hindsight but still trying to be optimistic about the future that's the vibe I've gotten from these like he it's almost like he keeps telling himself there's more to go here there's more to do here it's interesting but I really like the song I really do he does a, one of his classic you know breakdown kind of raps if you will you know not raps but spoken word thing um, really fun fun listen other headlines Lee Aaron speaking of Vixen we got Brit Lightning on the show right Lee Aaron who we've interviewed numerous times she including an in-person one up in Canada she has said that she turned down the chance to front Vixen in the 90s wow interesting and you could read about that up on Blabbermouth Cheap Trick the bassist Tom from Cheap Trick the bassist is doing a lot better after his open heart surgery three months ago good to hear we hope he recovers or has recovered fully Trivium's Matt Heffy, I guess is his name, right? Is getting his entire body tattooed. I, I like tattoos and I actually have some of myself, but I'm just, I'm not into the whole, getting your entire body tattooed is, uh, it's kind of, kind of whack, wacky to me. I, I don't know. I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, uh, I think less is more sometimes. <laughs> Jeff Tate back out on the road performing Queensryche's Rage for Order and Empire albums in their entirety i know i believe it's this fall he swings around the the northeast here and i cannot wait man rage for order my favorite Queensryche album and that says a lot because i love so many of their their albums uh man the warning operation mind crime wow so much great stuff and the classic extreme black metal band a lot of people consider them to be the inventors of black metal. Other pe- people say it's Venom. But Bathory was inducted into the Swedish Music Hall of Fame. That's right. All right. So let's uh, let's do this with Brit Lightning here on Talking Metal. Hey, it's Mark Striegel from Talking Metal, and we are talking with Brit Lightning. The last time we spoke, Brit, I believe... I think it was 2019 M3. Does that sound right? Or was it 18? Uh, I I think 19 was the yeah. last one we did. So I think it might have been that one. Yeah, which was a great show. Was that one of your first shows with Lorraine? No, actually, our first show with Lorraine was when Janet 
had a health issue and we needed a fill in for a show. And I want to say it was in Oklahoma, maybe. Okay. And um, it was totally random. And we were like, what are we going to do? We couldn't cancel. And so we had Lorraine pop in. And um, so little did we know that was going to be a good warm up gig for her. Right on. And I do want to talk a little bit more about Vixen in just a bit. But you've been staying busy, at least from where I'm sitting. It looks like you've been staying busy during this whole COVID lockdown quarantine thing with master classes and rock and roll fantasy camp. Can you talk a little bit about what you've been doing with them? Yeah, absolutely. So um, when COVID started, I was, you know, talking with David Bischoff and we were like, how can we, you know, put this online? He had been wanting to, to do things online for a while now. And it with COVID, of course, seemed like the absolute perfect time. So uh, we started reaching out to artists and seeing if they'd be interested and in just sharing their expertise and their, uh, you know, techniques and everything, advice, personalized advice, everything, just talking to people over Zoom. And um, it was kind of like the actual master classes that we do at the in-person camps where everybody gets in a room and, and you kind of just you know, hear these people just share their wisdom and experiences. And then it's, you can also talk and ask them questions too. And, um, we did over 160, we did close to 200 really. It was wow. probably done at least 180 really, but, um, master classes since we started in June, we started June 1st was our first one. We had Mark Farner as our first, uh, artist come on. Nice. And Grand Funk Railroad. That's it. Yeah. And ex Grand Funk, I should say. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, they, they went really, you know, it was awesome. And we were like, this is amazing. We started doing them nightly on the weekends. We were doing them like four classes in one day um, all over Zoom. Um, and everybody, it was cool to see everybody in their, you know, COVID habitat, you know, with, uh, you know, wherever they were in their studio or in their, on their living room couch, whatever. Um, we got some big artists. We had Roger Daltrey a few times. We had Alice Cooper. We had Sticks. We had Joe Elliott. Um, we, and then we had amazing guitar players like Steve House, Steve Stevens. Wow. Steve, oh, Steve's. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, big name people. Yeah. We had Steve Gad. Um, a lot of people are named Steve. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but no, um, it was uh, it was really amazing. And honestly, it got me through COVID because it was like every night after the, each class, David and I would call each other and be like, oh, my God, that was amazing. We'd be like, I know I'm so inspired. I'm so motivated. I mean, you know, it was it was it was awesome. It was so really in these classes, you're there with the people you mentioned and you're kind of like almost like kind of hosting or uh, navigating the discussion with the people that are in the class. Is that what's happening? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, and everybody, you know, we keep people muted so people don't interrupt each other. And so, you know, just kind of moderating the questions and answers and, and you know, making sure like when somebody's playing, you can hear them and things like that. And so coming up with Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp, you're going to be the musical director for upcoming camps. This is was recently announced, I believe. And these are in person, at least I'm asking, are they? Yes. Yes, they are. But we will still continue to do the master classes. And since they went so well, what we're going to do is have those with the rock star counselors and mentors to kind of help ease into camp. So you can do master, like you can learn how to play, you know, what, whoever the guest artist is, Dave Megadeth songs with, uh, you know, learn the bass parts for the Megadeth songs with Tony Franklin before you get to camp. So there's a lot of like, 
there's a lot of fear for some people before coming to camp. Um, and so this helps to, that we think that this will help like eliminate the fear factor. Like a lot of people are like, wow, jamming with Jeff Beck would be awesome. But like, there's no way in hell you could pay me to do that. I'm not going to be that guy right. stuck in front of Jeff Beck, you know? Um, so, but it's not about that. It's like, it's just, just an amazing experience overall. And, and there's really no judgment. So, um, I think the master classes will help with that, but yes, I will be the musical director for the upcoming camps. Um, you know, putting the bands together, getting counselors, uh, you know, coordinating the music and the jams and all that. Um, so they're four day events and they, they happen. We're planning. Uh, we've got a few coming up in Florida. We've got some in one in Vegas. We've got one in LA. Uh, we're talking about maybe Nashville, Austin. So we've got some, uh, a lot of good stuff in the works. I'm really awesome. Excited. It sounds very exciting. And if somebody were interested in attending one of the camps, is there a website or how do they go about signing up for it? Yes. Rockcamp.com. And uh, we will be announcing, uh, yeah, like I said, a couple more camps or at least one more camp by the end of the week, if not two. And right now there's one on sale. Yeah. Featuring Dave Mustaine, Nico McBrain, uh, Richie Faulkner and um, uh, Steve Morse in wow. uh, Hollywood, Florida. Wow, that's amazing. What an amazing lineup of uh, mentors and teachers. Can can you be any level of a guitar player or do you need to be a certain have have skill of a certain, you know, intermediate level or something or can you be a total beginner or what how does it work your level? Yeah, you can be any level and then it would be my job to make sure you get placed in the right band according to your skill level so that, you know, everybody's on the same level in your band and you can all work together and grow together. There's some people that have never been in a band in their whole lives and they've just always wanted to. And yeah, like, wow. you know, so um, and then there's people that are in awesome cover bands. They play out all the time or, you know, so you, we definitely have all extremes and it's all ages, too. I mean, we, we have some kids come and uh, sometimes they even come with their parents, but then we've got, you know people are like 60, you know, so it's, it's, there's a good range there. Wow. Very, very cool. And we will link that through the show notes guys on talkingmetal.com. And for this episode, we will have that in the show notes linked and let's talk about Vixen. I know there was a live record a number of years ago, which I think had a couple studio new songs on it, right? Is that correct? Yes. Yes. We had one new rock single and then one acoustic version of edge of a broken heart. But we've heard that there is new music being worked on. And where are you guys or your girls at with that? Well, it's going a little bit slower than we had anticipated. I mean, before COVID, we had a bunch of writing sessions in person scheduled where we'd all just get together and hang out and work on stuff. And um, we all live in different states across the country, actually, on completely like from L.A. to, you know, Michigan to, to Florida, to, you know, wherever. Right very spread out. So it's not easy to travel. And honestly, nobody is super jazzed about sending tracks back and forth, trying to record it separately and everything like that. So we got a little bit slowed down, but we got some great ideas. We have, we're going to be seeing each other in a couple of weeks. So really looking forward to um, getting back on track and uh, just finishing the writing so we can get in the studio and, and bang this thing out. I'm very anxious to have it done. I know we've been talking about it for a while. Right on. And musically, where do you think it's going? Is it going in the traditional Vixen sound or do you imagine that it will be updated or going someplace else musically? Definitely it will be traditional Vixen. I mean, when you hear it, I think you're going to know it's Vixen. We're going to keep with the big three-part harmonies, the big catchy choruses, cool, cool rock and riffs and solos and, and, you know, that thumping bass and, and, 
of course, Roxy's awesome sound. And so, you know, I think it'll be a, a slightly modern twist. Maybe, you know, I think maybe I, I bring that a little bit, but I've been so influenced by Vixen and uh, other, you know, bands from the era that I think it's right. going to be pretty consistent. And, um, and we want that. We don't want fans to be like, what the heck is this? This isn't the band that I, <laughs> I love. So, um, but, but I think it's going to be a good mix. Very cool. And how did you end up in Vixen and how long have you been with Vixen at this point? Yeah, um, I joined in 2017. So I guess four years. Yeah. And um, no, you know what? I was I was just I had moved to L.A. from Boston and I had just ended a tour with a Latin artist and um, it was just kind of like, OK, I'm ready to ready to relocate here. I'm over the winters in Boston and all the snow. And so um, I came out and I ended up playing around town in a tribute band. And then uh, we were playing a show um, at one of the local spots in Hollywood. I think it was Lucky Strike Live. And um, and Vixen's manager was there and um, I think was thinking like, wow, she'd be great in Vixen. And um, at the time they were looking for a new guitar player, but it wasn't really that well known. And um, so I think a few other people had recommended me too at the same time. So it just seemed to be uh, something that they were considering. And they called me up and I flew down to Florida and I actually uh, auditioned right after the Monsters of Rock cruise. And um, and I auditioned actually with Tyson, uh, Leslie, who's on keys with us. Right, yep. We both were auditioning that that day and uh and we both got the gig woo awesome <laughs> now you you mentioned a, a latino artist that you'd been touring with now i know can you tell us who that was and i know you had that was pretty high profile right there were like tv appearances and stuff with that gig yeah that was alejandro sans he's totally amazing uh, his band is incredible and um i toured with him from 2012 to 2015 um and we did like a whole big world tour it was it was like my it was my dream gig it was the first time i was like okay i i i feel like my dreams have been realized i mean i you know you always have accomplishments along the way in your journey that make you feel like i guess i'm on the right track or you know okay you know i'm i'm almost there things are sort of working or but that was like Oh, I'm playing a stadium, I'm playing a sold out, you know, football or soccer arena in, in South America. And um, and this is just amazing. Like I had chills every night. It was just it was awesome. And uh, I learned so much, you know, just different cultures. I mean, I have the band. Um, well, a couple of members of the band barely even spoke English. So, you know, got to learn Spanish wow. and, you know, all the different, uh, you know, traditions of being over in Spain and and South America and stuff for so long. So it was, it was definitely um, one of my life highlights, I would say. Right on. And was that, I know you were on Kelly and Michael twice, right? Was it two times you got to appear on that show? And was that what you were on that show with? No, that was different. That was with some uh, top 40 artists. So with, um, I did that with Jason Derulo and with oh, um, okay. um, who had that song fight song. And yeah, those were, those were just, um, yeah, some separate like radio TV promo gigs. Oh, okay, cool, cool. And your, I don't know if it was your first band, but your your band from Boston, Jaded, right? Was yeah. that? Yeah, I was listening to some of it on Apple Music today. It sounded great. It sounded great. What happened with Jaded? And you did a tour with Wasp. Is that correct? We did. We did. We went overseas. We did a few England, Ireland, Spain. I forget what else. But yeah, um, you know, I started that band uh, in. I think when I was maybe senior 
in high school, like right when I was getting out of high school, I think I just, I uh, met this drummer, this female drummer. She was super awesome. And she had a trio of all female trio that had just broken up. And um, we kind of combined forces and um, just wanted to have the most awesome metal all-female rock band um and so uh yeah we we started jaded and it was great at first my younger sister was in the band too because we couldn't find a a good female bass player and i used to jam with my sister she was a drummer great drummer she still is but i was like you know what (laughs) because she wanted to be in the band i was like yeah but you have to play you have to play drums (laughs) i mean sorry yeah bass (laughs) drums are taken so um so she was in the band for a while then uh, it really didn't turn out to be her thing. She was more scholastic and wanted to focus on school. And then, um, then we got a great bass player. And then our singers, we we kind of went through singers. Um, <laughs> we, I always found that was the most difficult thing to keep. I mean, and it's tough too. And there was jealous husbands or boyfriends, and they. So it was like your. It, it was it was a little challenging. So that is kind of I think what ultimately made me take a break from that because I was just you know sick of trying to keep things consistent and replacing somebody over and over again. Right on. Um, it was a blast that we had so much fun. We played all over and um, that tour with Wasp was really fun. And, um, and uh, yeah. And then, I mean, I think I did that for about 10 years or so all through college. I, we were playing like four or five nights a week all the time. So it was, it kept, kept me really busy. Um, and then, and then I just, when the singer was, we had problems with the singer the last time I was like, you know what? I don't think I could do this anymore. It's driving me nuts. I feel like I have to keep starting from scratch. And my friend said, you know, you should just audition to be a gun for hire. And just, you, all you have to do is you show up and you play guitar and you don't have to worry about booking your band and doing right. this, doing everything. And I was like, well, that sounds good. That sounds <laughs> right. Good. Right on. Now you mentioned college. Um, now I read in one place, I read that you went to Northeastern and I thought somewhere else I read Berkeley college of music was, was it both? I went to Northeastern. I really okay. wanted to go to Berkeley growing up in Boston. And my parents were like, mm, yeah, no. Um, I was always jamming with older kids and that had already graduated from Berkeley or were going there. And, and you know, like as soon as they graduated, it was like they didn't have some big touring gig. They were like working at Starbucks, like figuring right. out which is OK. But my parents saw that and they were like, yeah, I don't know. I think um, I don't think Jimi Hendrix went to Berkeley. So and he made it and your friend that graduated Berkeley didn't. So, you know what? I think if yeah. you're going to. You're going to make it. You'll just figure out how to make it on your own. And uh, if, you know, we want our support with school and everything, you know, I think you should go for a backup plan. So I ended up studying music business at Northeastern. But I um, I the whole time I was there, I worked across the street from Berkeley at Daddy's Junkie Music, the music store. So I ended up meeting a lot of kids from Berkeley and, you know, jamming with them, getting their class notes and blah, blah, blah. Um, but then afterwards, I, I did take um, a few courses at Berkeley, like years later. Right. Um, OK, after. I went there for a year, it was, it, which was enough, which, you know, but it was it was a great year. But yeah. Um, yeah. Good experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And then when I ended up finding um, my first audition after I decided to, like, quit uh you know call the band quits for the time being um i auditioned for lady gaga and that's how i got the alejandro gig um ah, okay I, I was very close to getting the gaga gig very very close uh rehearsed with her for quite a few days and then um was really bummed at the last day i didn't get it the other guy got it and um 
And then I, you know, had one of those other moments, like, am I doing the right thing? And, but you never know who's watching. You never know anything. And so, yeah, a few months later, I got the call for, for Alejandro and, and was able to audition. And that's how that happened. And, and that was amazing. And that I, I forgot to mention that we did a lot of TV and stuff, too. We had a lot of like Univision specials. We did we recorded a, a live CD, DVD in, um, in Spain. And we also um, played on like the Latin Grammys and stuff. So that was, we had a lot of great um, exposure on that one too. But you, it sounds like you did more than audition because you were with Lady Gaga, you said for numerous rehearsals or how long? You know, open, open call. And then you get the call back. The next day I got the call back and the next day I got the call back and the callbacks went for like six days. And what was crazy was I had a gig coming up at the Wolf Den, actually, in, um, in Mohegan Sun uh, with a tribute band. And right. I, I never expected I'd be in New York at this audition this long. I thought it was I was going to it was going to be a one day thing. And, um, and it was crazy because the I got to the gig. I'll just say I feel bad about it. But I anyways, I, I couldn't pass up. I had come so far in the audition process. I was like right there. But anyways, I made it to the Wolf Den just in time my parents were so cool they came and picked me up in new york and drove me to the king connecticut wow there no bus i couldn't i couldn't make it any other way at that time yeah. oh yeah wow. good time. and but your your parents it sounds like was it a musical family were they supportive because no well supportive yes musical family definitely not no okay <laughs> but i just got into music on my own you know no real older friends or brothers or sisters to get me into it. My parents really didn't listen to too much music, um, honestly. And, uh, but, but they were so supportive. I mean, when we started jaded, especially when my younger sister was in the band, they wanted to make sure they're at every single gig Right. looking over us. I mean, we definitely were the kids in the bars with the X's on the hands. And, um, you know, I was always trying to sneak drinks, but my sister was very, uh, she, she was, she always by the rules, uh, but they, they did have to watch me. They were right about that. But it turned out to be awesome. My my dad would always, you know, be the roadie and help carry my cabs on stage. And uh, my mom sold the merch. So it was like a family affair. It was fun. Right on. And before I let you go, I do want to talk gear. I see some guitars behind you there. Can you talk about some of your main guitars, what amps you prefer to use and just the gear in general? Yes. Well, the ones behind me here are uh, some Gibsons. I've got I love Gibson Les Pauls and uh, I've got this awesome Epiphone SG too. Um, oh wow, I didn't notice that crack in there before. Wow, um, <laughs> I guess I, I guess I did something to it. Um, those are my favorite uh, Gibsons and Epiphones, uh, and and this one here, you know, with Vixen. Sometimes you know you definitely like to use the whammy bar and do right. some stuff. So um, this was a modded after the fact, but this is super cool. I, I really like playing this guitar. Um, and uh, let's see, I have. A Carlino, couple Carlino guitars, which are super cool. Um, he's a great a guitar manufacturer out of Massachusetts, where I'm from. And what else do I have? And I always have loved from when I first started uh, Jackson uh, guitars. And I have a few Jackson Randy Rhodes Flying V models that are just awesome. Um, so that's mainly what I play for guitars. I, ha- you know, I have Strats and Charvels too. But for this gig, it's either, you know, it's usually the Les Paul and SG, the um, Carlino or, or a Jackson. Um, right. and, um, I love Hughes and Kettner heads. 
Um, I've been going around. We do mostly fly dates. So I have this Grandmeister 40. It's a little 40 watt one. It just slips under the seat in front of you, you know, on the plane. And it's awesome. Um, but other than that, if I can't, if I can't bring it for some reason, um, usually it's hard to get Hughes and Kettner backline. But when we have backline, you know, usually just go for the, the Marshall stack. So <laughs> right now we've seen a lot of bands nowadays not even using amps on stage, just dialing in presets with Kempers and stuff like that. What's your feeling on that? I don't like that. I don't know. I'm not even a super, super gearhead, but I feel like I can hear it all the time. I mean, I'll know the way that somebody's not playing through a a real amp. I love tubes. I can hear tubes. So I've I've always my whole life played through tube heads. And this little one, this little Hughes and Kettner is awesome. It's got tubes and it's it cranks. And I, I don't know. It's like the spatial it's, it's, it's like you can hear the space and the air moving through the, I don't know, but I can tell and it mm-hmm. bugs me. I, I hate playing through any, you know, digital amp like that. And it, it ruins my vibe and I just can't get into right. it. Um, yeah. And I, I I'm kind of that way. I know there's a lot of great digital pedals, boards and stuff like that too, but I'm kind of analog all the way. I just, I need a stomp box with the dial. Like if I have to get into some doing computer programs on stage and, you know, dialing it, you know, it's too much. It's yeah. Takes the fun out of it for me. I just want to plug in and know what's going on and not have to, you know, do math and, and, you know, if something goes wrong on stage, you know, and you've got this computer, it's, I don't know. That stresses me out unless you have a great big tech crew and backup and all that, but (laughs) right, right on. So we know all the rock and roll fantasy stuff, uh, fantasy camp stuff is going to be happening, but is there time for a Vixen tour or will it just be like fly-in dates later this year and going into 2022? So for right now, we just have fly-in dates and I think everybody's kind of being cautious. We don't have a full on run. And two weeks from now, we've got a show coming up in Arkansas with kicks and we've got um, another one coming up, I think with slaughter and autograph and Fort Myers, Florida. Um, We've got a handful in July and a handful for the rest of the year sprinkled in just, just a couple weekend fly dates for now. And I think, uh, I think that'll be a good testing of the waters to see everybody's comfort level and see how things go. Right on. Uh, but I, I, I hope to do a tour soon and I really hope to return overseas and, and do all the festivals again and M3 again, because that's always yeah. so. M3 is always great. We would love to have Vix in there again, hopefully in maybe 2022. And last question, I read that you like to ski. Where's your favorite place to go skiing? Ooh, um, this year, my favorite was Vail. I had never been there before and that was awesome. Um, I really love uh, Deer Valley. Um, yeah, also, I love Deer Valley too. Oh, There's no wow. snowboarders there. That's okay. <laughs> so that has to that takes the cake. I mean, that's just awesome. Yeah, nobody likes this. No offense to our snowboarder listeners, but yeah, they, for whatever reason, Deer Valley is just skiing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know you skied. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Well, Britt, thank you so much. And we hope to see you out in the road soon. It's been a, a long year without our rock and rolls. Hopefully, we'll have you and Vixen out there doing it again soon for us here in the new york and new jersey area definitely can't wait look forward to it. oh we do have a gig in, in jersey coming up at the landis theater oh okay that's uh i'm trying to think where that is that um red bank where yeah, yeah. yeah i'll have to look up where that is i think it's like kind of south jersey but sounds good hopefully we'll be there okay well thanks so much for having me this was fun great to see you again <laughs> Big thanks to Britt Lightning for joining me here on Talking Metal. She's been a friend of the show for a while. Like I said, we interviewed her 
at M3 a number of years and I think hung out at the bar a little bit. Emily and I hung out with her at the bar later that evening back at M3 back in, I guess that was 2019, I think. Yeah, that has got to be it because Emily didn't go. I think 2018 was a year Emily missed M3 and I went by myself, which I hate. I love to do everything with Emily. It's like my, I, I don't know. I just feel weird when I'm like out at shows and stuff without her. Love having Emily with me always. And you can uh, check her out. Man, she got it. This cool like choker uh, collar thing this weekend. I'm going to put it up on Facebook. It's so, so freaking cool. You got to see it. Turquoise, I guess. And that'll do it. That'll do it. Definitely, if you can support me, I'd love to send you out a Talking Metal t-shirt. Love to send you one. Got all sizes, even for you big guys. I know a lot of our listeners are big, big fellas. And we got the the, the double X, the triple X, you know, we got all those, you know, double XLs and all that stuff. So let me know. Let me know. The Talking Metal masks we are sold out of, and hopefully we will never have to wear those again. I've been fully vaccinated for a while, walked through the grocery store without a mask, walked through the mall without a mask the other day up here in New Jersey, and it felt really good. It felt really good. I hope you guys are doing the right thing and getting vaccinated too. And I'll leave you with this thought. This is just something I've been trying to do. You know, before you go negative before you do something to a friend or a family member ask yourself and I'm doing this and it's working somewhat I still got a ways to go man I'm, I'm messed up but ask yourself is what you're currently doing useful whatever you are currently talking to somebody about arguing with them about or even in your own mind just worrying about ask yourself is it useful and if you say no I realize it's still hard to walk away from that thought, but it's a first step in doing that, you know? Because let's face it, it's been a weird freaking 15, 16 months here, right? And I, I know we're all kind of dealing with our own stuff, but I found that really helpful. Ask yourself, is this useful? Whatever you're currently doing, arguing about, worrying about, is it useful? Thanks, guys. Talk to you next time. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.